Hello and welcome to You Bet Your Life from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This is Nightline, the line that's open at the right place at the right moment, and this is Walter O'Keefe. Good evening, good evening, and here's our first Nightline call tonight from Hollywood. Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life. Hey, George, you tell us, what is tonight's secret word? Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word is name, N-A-M-E. Really? You bet your life. The National Broadcasting Company presents Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz show transcribed from Hollywood. Groucho meets our first contestants in just one minute. This is Lester B. Granger, Executive Director of the National Urban League, which is an agency geared for constructive interracial action looking toward the welfare of our Negro population. After a quarter century in the Urban League, I have come especially to appreciate that organization representing individuals who believe in action rather than talk and believe in action geared to helping people rather than merely exciting them. A solid example of an action movement is the American Red Cross. This is a great organization that does very little talking. In fact, you are asked to join only once a year. Yet, when action is necessary at any time, the Red Cross is always on the job. The recent past has witnessed an unprecedented number of disasters. The Red Cross is hard-pressed to stay on the job, and so I urge you to support the Red Cross by supporting your local chapter. Every dollar counts. Here he is, the one, the only... Well, here I am again with a chance for each of our couples to win up to $10,000. And if any of them say the secret word, they'll win an extra $100. George, who's first? Well, Groucho, uh, Louise Randall Pearson is waiting to talk to you now, and her partner is a special guest, a good friend of yours, Mr. Sammy Kahn. Well... So, fortune in, please, and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome to your bet's alive. Say the secret word and divide an extra $100. It's a common word, something you always have with you. Sammy, glad to see you. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. We'd both be sued by Phil Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Sam here happens to be a very good fair-weather friend. Incidentally, he also happens to be one of the country's leading songwriters. Isn't that true, Sam? Unquestionably. <laughs> He's also very modest. And you're, you are Louise Randolph Pearson, huh? Yes. That's a very imposing moniker, Louise. Are you married? Uh, no, I've been a widow for ten years. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, what do you do for a living? How, how do you get along? Oh, I write. I write a uh, daily column for the Santa Monica Evening Outlook and a couple of feature articles a week about interesting personalities. Would you like to quit working and try another crack at matrimony, Louise? Well, I'll tell you, you know how it is. You sit around... No, I absolutely don't know how it is. (laughs) Well, you, you sit around in the evening, and it's kind of lonesome, and you think, oh, if I only had somebody deductible beside me. Ah, love is a proud and gentle thing. (laughs) 
it's nice to know that the fair sex still places some value on a husband. <laughs> Apparently, you consider a husband almost as important as a bad debt. <laughs> Sammy, let's get back to you. What are some of the big smashes you've written? Well, I've written songs like By Mere Bis to Shane. You always write in German? No, only when I'm stealing from a German. Oh. <laughs> And what German uh, was that that you stole that from me? I never mother? wanted to know his name, so he couldn't accuse me. Wait a minute. You said the secret name. You said a secret word, uh, which happens to be named. So you get $50, Louise. And Sammy, and I know you need this desperately, you get $50. <laughs> well, tell us she didn't like me when she met me. She didn't? I don't believe that. Is this true, Louise? No, I thought he was awfully serious, and I thought he knew so much more than I did that I wasn't going to have a chance. Well, you're partners, you know. I didn't know that till she took the 50. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us some some of the other songs that... uh... Well, I wrote by Mayor Mr. Shane. You you said that. I wrote wrote it twice, actually. You mean the second voice? (laughs) Well, I wrote a weather song called Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. I wrote a song like Give Me Five Minutes More. I wrote songs like I've Heard That Song Before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's my best one, et cetera. Well, just about everything you write turns out to be a hit. How long do you sit at a piano before you come up with one of these blockbusters? I don't sit at a piano. I sit at a typewriter. Typewriter? How do you get music out of a typewriter? I don't get music. I get words. I write the words. Sammy, you've written a lot of songs for pictures. Didn't you win an Oscar a few years back? Yes, I did win an Oscar, and I am proud to say that I am one of the few songwriters who's also won, who's also won, who has also won. That's right. You don't have to be grammatical. They know you're a songwriter. <laughs> who has also won an Emmy. What did you get the Oscar for? I got the Oscar for Three Coins in the Fountain. Well, what song do you think will cop the award this year, Sam? Well, frankly, I think that the very, very best song this year is the song All the Way from, the, Joker, you... from the Joker's Wild. I, I, I saw the picture, and I've heard the song. Sinatra had a record of it, too, didn't he? Now, why did you pick that over all the others? There are hundreds of songs this year. I wrote it. <laughs> Now, he's certainly the most modest songwriter you've ever seen. <laughs> who was the mediocrity who wrote the music? Some talented fellow named Jimmy Van Heusen. <laughs> could you sing this song for us? Groucho, I'd love to do all the way, but could I do it with the orchestra? Orchestra, will you join him? Have you got any glue out there? He wants to be joined. Uh, we will do it in the key as written. Okay. When somebody loves you, it's no good unless he loves you all the way. Happy to be near you when you need someone to cheer you all the way. (laughs) Who knows where the road will lead us, only a fool would say. But if you let me love you, it's for sure I'm gonna love you all the way. Well, 
sings that better alone and we sing it together. <laughs> Sammy, it was nice having you here tonight and I hope your song wins the Academy Award. Now, let's play You Bet Your Life. You have selected professions of famous people. I'm going to ask you some questions. If you miss two in a row, you're out. If you get four in a row right, you win $1,000. You ready? Yes. What was Alexander Graham Bell's profession? I would say he was an inventor. That's right. What made Jacques Cartier famous? C-A-R-T-I-E-R. He was a jeweler, a designer of jewelry. J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. C-A-R-T-I-E-R. Cartier? My guess is he was a jeweler. Well, I was a dancer. <laughs> I claim he invented the telephone. <laughs> Actually, he was an explorer. He discovered the St. Lawrence River. You got mixed up with that... Expensive fella in New York. Yeah. I didn't know there was another Cartier. Oh, sure. <laughs> Why, your wife must have a lot of jewelry. I'll have one more. Who was Ruggiero Leon Cavello? He was a composer. Yeah. You now have one right. Who was Charles Dana Gibson? He was an artist. Charles Dana Gibson. All right. Illustrator, artist. You're halfway to $1,000. Now I'll get the next two right and it's yours. How did James Watt make his living? He was an inventor. That's right. You don't remember what he invented, huh? I believe I do. But if it's important, I... No, it isn't, no. I don't know what he did, then. <laughs> See, actually, he invented the steam engine. Now, who, uh, what was the profession of George A. Custer? He was, he a, was a soldier. A yes. He also made pies, didn't he? Custer pie? <laughs> Did they get that right? Yeah, yeah, they got it. Oh, then you got four in a row. You won $1,000. Four in a row. Now you've won $1,000. She's liking me better all the time. Oh, yes. You can keep it and quit, or else you can come back late and try to double your money. You may even get a chance at $10,000. So go over there and sit down and think about it, uh, kids. And whatever you decide to do, thanks for being on the show. Out of it, Edge. In just a moment, our second couple will join Groucho to play You Bet Your Life. When the ice is smooth and the sky is blue and the skater's waltz is played for two. You make it Pabst, cause Pabst makes it perfect. Yes, Pabst makes it perfect. Just as we always have ever since 1844. So next time, you make it Pabst, because Pabst makes it perfect. America's Blue Ribbon Beer from the Pabst Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, Pabst makes it perfect. Groucho, we have a couple of uh, single girls who are anxious to talk to you. They're Dolores Olson and Sandy Silent. So, girls, you come in, please, and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome to your Betcha Life. Say the secret word and uh, divide an extra $100. It's a common word... Something you always have with you. Let's see. Uh, who are you? Your name is? Sandy. Your name? You're both named Sandy? No, mine's Dolores. Your name is Dolores, huh? Which one is the oldest? Uh, which one is Dolores? That's you? I'm 20. And how about you? I'm 22. Oh. Well, why are you here together? Are you sisters? No. Brothers? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
why are you here together? Mr. Fitterman found out that we're roommates. And I beg your pardon? Show. What was that? Mr. Fitterman. Mr. Fitterman? <laughs> what show is he connected with? Huh? <laughs> you don't mean... You mean Fenneman? That's right. Oh. Does he tell you his name was Fitterman? I can't pronounce it. Hey, Fitterman, come out here. You changed your name, I see. Huh? Oh, have you been doing this for a long time? Uh, what? Using two names? Huh? I, uh... Why do you call yourself Fitterman when you met these guys? I think she called You know me. they'd find out your name was Fenneman, didn't they? Why did you do this, George? I didn't do anything, honest. I they didn't. told me you... They told me that you said that your your name was Fitterman. Now, you must have been doing it for some reason. <laughs> when I use a different name, there's a reason for it. And I'm sure there is when you do it. Aren't you a married man? Up till now, I was, yes. <laughs> How did you find out they were roommates? Well, uh... <laughs> George... It's, it's... I'm not criticizing you. I just want to know what technique you use. That's all. Well, actually, a friend of mine uh, told me about the girls. A friend and, of uh... yours uh, knew these girls, and he introduced you to them? Yeah, well, he told me. He didn't even... I wasn't even there. <laughs> I, uh... You know that old line, the light that lies in a man's eyes and lies and lies and lies... <laughs> Well, there it is, folks. The private life of George Fitterman. Now, Sandy, where did you meet Dolores? A couple of years ago, uh, we worked at NBC in Portland. You worked at NBC in Portland? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a wonderful network, NBC, and I'm, I'm glad you're with us. Portland, I salute you. NBC adds another affiliate. What station does NBC have in Portland? It wasn't a station. It was a national biscuit company. <laughs> Well, NBC just lost another affiliate. <laughs> now, what did you do for the uh, National Biscuit Company? I packed cookies for about three weeks, and then I was fired. <laughs> Why? Were you putting too many cookies in the box? No, it was Why a... Why did they fire you? It was a personality clash. With who? My boss. I mean, well, uh, what happened? I mean, was he, uh... Was he fresh? No. Well, what other reason could that possibly be? Uh, I think he thought I didn't know how to pack cookies too well. <laughs> well, it's not easy, you know, putting those things in a box. Believe me, it's quite a job. What did you do for the NBC Biscuit Company, uh, Dolores? Oh, I fed cookies to machines and washed them good out of conveyor belt. <laughs> well, that's interesting. It's something like Niagara Falls, isn't it? <laughs> Well, now we have you in L.A., Dolores. How, how did you go about making your fortune after you landed here? I got a job working at an aircraft office as a private secretary. Oh, well, that's, that's much better, isn't it, than feeding cookies into a, an iron machine? How long did this job last? Three weeks. <laughs> Why'd you quit? Well, I didn't really quit. They let me go after they found out I couldn't type. <laughs> 
You got a job as a secretary and you couldn't type? Well, I can't type. I don't know shorthand. I don't like to file. He must have been... He must have hated to see you go, huh? <laughs> you must have had more coffee breaks than all of Brazil. <laughs> well, what was your next job? I went to work at Hughes Aircraft Company in their blueprint department. I handled missile and airborne prints. You handled missiles? <laughs> If I could get the audience to chip in, would you like to go to Moscow? When? I mean, being their employee over there in the missile department. Well, you're charming girls, and I've enjoyed talking to you. Now, let's see how much you know. Now, you selected the dictionary quiz, and since you don't know anything about an office, I imagine you're going to be great at this. Now, I'm going to say something, and you're going to give me the meanings. Mr. Fitterman, you've met. Uh, <laughs> you miss two in a row, you're out. If you get four in a row right, you win $1,000. Now, what is a statute? A statute? S-T-A-T-U-T-E. Well, I think it's a kind of a law. Uh, that's You don't have to go any further. Say, you've got plenty on the ball there, kid. You have one right. Uh, how do you like that? Huh? Your friends are doing well, aren't they, George? Huh? I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I think you said plenty before they come out of it. What kind of an animal is a dromedary? A dromedary? Talk it over. Come on, girls. Kind of a rat? Let's keep, let's keep George out of this. It's a camel. You should have known that. A what? A camel. They know the hard ones. They just don't know the easy ones. Now, what is myopia? Could you spell it, please? I, I'll try. M-Y-O-P-I-A. Myopia. The adjective is myopic. Myopic? Yes. I think it has something to do with singularly or uh, one. No, it means nearsightedness. Myopia? No, all through. I'm afraid huh? you've gotten... Well, I know you've gotten two. I'm sorry you missed two in a row uh, because of the relationship between you three. <laughs> we don't want you to go away empty-handed. So I'm going to ask you one question for $100. What was the profession of the famous painter, Rembrandt? <laughs> I guess he was an artist. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. He wrote Beethoven's Eighth Symphony. <laughs> But thanks for being with us. So you win $100, and um, we were delighted to have you on the show. Huh? And you're a couple of times ago. We'll find out if our first couple will try for $10,000 in just a moment. Who's gonna win the thoroughbred Kentucky Club's thoroughbred? Who's gonna win that horse and make it pay? Lots of money, well, Kentucky Club. Pipe Tobacco has to find a winner. So the horse is here, the time is near. Get your entry blank today. Yes, enter the annual Derby Day contest sponsored by Kentucky Club's nine brands of pipe tobaccos. First prize, a thoroughbred Bay Colt, son of famous Count Fleet, who captured racing's triple crown. Jockey Ted Atkinson helps select this prize coat. You name him, and he's yours. He could win a fortune for you. Get Kentucky Club Derby Day contest entry blanks free at tobacco counters now. 
Try for the ten thousand. Louise Randall Pearson and Sammy Kahn. Would you come in, please? Sammy Kahn. Give you their decision. Sam, you're not satisfied with what you've won. I'm not. I'm satisfied, but I'm also older. Oh. <laughs> well, you've won a thousand dollars so far. Now, if you decide to try for the ten and you fail, you wind up with a total of five hundred. Now, what are you going to do? We're going to try for it. You're going to try. We'll pick a number. Five. Five. If any number besides the one you pick comes up, the question is worth two thousand. If your number comes up. The question is why 10,000. Give it a turn. Go on. Your number was uh, five and it landed on two, so this question is worth uh, $2,000. Now, there's a prominent line painted on all large ships to indicate the depth to which the vessel may be submerged by loading. For $2,000, what is the name for this line? Talk it over. Take a guess. Submersion? No, it's the Plimsoll line. Anybody knows that. Why, sure. It's a well-known I'm yeah. sorry you missed up, so you wind up with 500. That isn't too bad. Congratulations, and thanks That's for being on the show. And Sammy, you, your songs are just wonderful. Thank you. You Bet Your Life is transcribed in Hollywood. Produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jack Meekin. This is George Fenneman reminding you to tune in again next week, same time, same station, to hear the one, the only, Groucho. And see Groucho every Thursday evening on NBC television. You'll Bet Your Life is heard by our armed forces around the world. Soprano Lucy Namara joins Donald Voorhees in the Bell Symphonic Orchestra on the telephone hour tonight on most of these NBC stations.